welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with Well Life Tribe. We're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab-and-go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. And welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with me, Liberty, and, and with me, Cats. And today we're joined by Susie Miller. Susie is a divorce strategist, and I get the feeling Susie's about to be pretty busy. We're on lockdown here in the UK. Hi, Susie. Hello. I'm calling you from, uh, from my own lockdown in Forest Row. How's it going over there? It's very exciting. <laughs> um, you can just feel the temperature rising, the panic, the sense yeah. of horror of people being stuck with each other for a week <laughs> after a week. It's quite, quite terrifying. <laughs> but um, it could be quite a busy time for you then, Susie. I think there will be an enormous amount of need. Um, and for example, even with the uh, coming up to the workshop that we're running later today on the Divorce Financial Workshop, I was quite surprised how many people were registering even before lockdown, but when clearly coming together in a group probably wasn't a good idea. So the uh, the need to to get information and to move things forward was there before. But yeah, obviously, I think there's going to be uh, a lot of people that's going to be pushed over the edge. <laughs> All of this that's going on. I know we're all nervously <laughs> laughing. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. I mean, and certainly when we get talking, I would like to point out some of the things that we we all really need to be aware of um, with our friends, with our neighbours, um, around what could be going on or what is already happening because of the, the state of emergency that we seem to be in now. So that kind of um, workshop that you're running, would that be something, <laughs> not asking for myself, I'm fine, I'm fine, <laughs> but would that be like a, a preemptive thing that people could come and speak to you and sort of, you know? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, these, these workshops are, I mean, people come along from all different stages, but they're particularly designed to support people right at the early early stages so we have people who come along uh, was physically now online who haven't necessarily even told the other person yet that they're they're researching this um, and that's a good thing because they're looking to understand how to do it more peacefully how to do it in a more intelligent way to protect the children uh, save vast amounts of money that they shouldn't have to spend so that's that is a good thing and sometimes people don't need to then go on and get divorced they sometimes they just want a bit more financially independent they want to put get some boundaries in place because by coming to the workshops they're introduced to such a wide range of, of other of professionals of experts it gives them that chance to get help that otherwise they haven't asked for so i do find that sometimes people uh, literally manage to work things out because they've engaged with those experts but i'm always really clear with people i don't ever yeah, I find it quite insulting, I think, for people who who have made the decision of, of looking at, at divorce it's, and family separation. It's such a traumatic thing. Uh, I hate it when people go, oh, have you tried counselling and all that stuff? I, I tend to assume that people have worked bloody hard before they get to that stage yeah, and, and, and respect their decision, whatever it is. So the, the main aim is it doesn't matter what house mummy and daddy live in, whether it's the same one or a separate one. They still need to co-parent well. They still need to manage 
the finances for the family as a whole irrespective of whether it's a, a whole in living in one house family or whether it's an extended family yeah rather than use it as something to hold against each other and keep throwing mud yeah that's um I, i'm really so i met with you um a couple of weeks ago and um i really would love it if you don't mind sharing your story as to how you started doing this well i found myself literally overnight on my own with three very small children youngest was just turned uh 18 months and the was soon to be 18 months rather and the oldest one was uh just turned six and had another one in in the middle and i literally didn't see it coming so i uh, and i felt quite stupid actually because i literally had no idea it was overnight that their dad uh didn't come home uh basically did he work um, away a lot or something is that no, why he, he, didn't come in or? he was down the road in the village uh but he he was on his way home and then he didn't come home and i literally thought he died and um mm. and by the time i found out he finally turned up in the early hours of the morning and I could have just gone to bed and left it, but that's not my nature. And he kind of fessed up for what had gone on and he was thinking of running away and all of these things. And, um, and basically, yeah, it was probably, it was the most traumatic experience of my entire life. I was not happy. And, but we had three very small children and I was in a very vulnerable position. I didn't have my career anymore. And my whole, that was my whole identity gone. And it was like it was like being in shock for a few weeks literally time moved slowly i kind of forced myself to eat because i knew i had to stay sort of healthy for the children i love my food but i literally <laughs> didn't want to eat it was a most peculiar ex um, experience i've never had anything like it and would like never to have anything like it again but mm. it is a, it's a physical experience it's an emotional <clears throat> mental and emotional experience and the brilliant thing is because i had children I had to look at them and go, how are we going to manage this? So I had all that rage and anger and emotional pain, but I had to find ways to deal with it. Whereas if we hadn't had children, I could have just hated him. We could have been bitter and angry and I would have moved on to another relationship and probably made all the same mistakes. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people do move on, don't they? And rebound really quickly because they miss just having somebody there. What did you do next? Um, what I did was started to try to get information and I just found that it's very strange. I think it's slightly better now and it's a bit more socially. I mean, literally, I, I would look at people who were single mothers before and just think, oh, bless, poor things. Mm. Never, ever occurred to me that I would be one. So there's still quite a lot of social stigma about it. All the invitations to dinner parties dried up completely so, so people just stopped asking you yeah, yeah, completely and and my I had a, luckily I had a, a friend in the village who was also at the same time separating which was very lucky so we were there together and we she thought it was because they were worried that we'd run off with their husbands or something but I don't think it's that I think we were we bounced back she'd done life coaching in fact she dragged me off to Anthony Robbins and I think that was it was coaching that saved saved me in a way because so we had a very different attitude towards it we weren't going to sort of hide away and be these poor little single mums we were 
uh, we thought we'd just start a business and we just did mad things that we'd never have ever done before. So it ended up being quite Brilliant. a good thing in a funny way. Yeah. But I think some of the, the, the wives who were stuck at home with their husbands wondering why they were doing it found it quite, quite challenging at how happy we seemed to be quite quickly. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I'm just listening to that going, that does sound really... <laughs> really appealing <laughs> but it's, uh, and, I, and I'm not I'm not suggesting it isn't it is not an easy journey I would never recommend it to anyone but if you're in that situation uh one of the hardest things is other people's attitudes and if you can yeah. uh, you, you need to find a new gang a new group of people and again the most important thing is to not be not allow bitterness and anger to take over because it's so easy to happen and I, and I found that that was quite difficult because everyone's happy to stop and hear your story of woe but mm. when you start to move forwards um become a bit more enlightened shall we say about how you deal with it other people find that found that very challenging and I literally had to hang out with different friends for a while it was quite extraordinary so for me it's that that's I suppose that drove my passion to create a space um online and through the events where people it's okay to admit that you want it to be more peaceful you know that it's okay yeah. to to want it to be better even if he or she have been really appalling because quite Susie, can i ask you um and this and this might be too personal but was your husband the kind of person you would ever have thought would have done that to you no, never never in a million, million years and but you gotta remember lots of things come into play people have um uh, a lot of people have nervous breakdowns, psychological issues. There's a lot of people with partners now who have uh, drug habits and alcohol problems. Lots of reasons why people don't know, and they don't know how to deal with life. Life's stressful and difficult. And when you've got small children and you're working hard and you've never got enough money, there's huge pressures on families. We don't have the social infrastructure to support families, full stop. So it's not that I condone the behaviour, but there's lots of good reasons why both men and women do things that are not great for their families. But often they are in their own way quite desperate and for them it's an, it often is a, a plea for help. So getting away from blame is very, very important. I mean, I literally remember saying at one point to my kid's dad, that you know what, the kids don't care who did what, they just want to know what we're going to do next. Yeah. And, and I would agree with that, actually, because I'm a child of divorce. And I was, I think I was about seven, six or seven when my parents got divorced. So I was quite young. But I don't ever remember being, you know, you're not bitter like your mum, you know, my mum was, obviously. But for me, I just didn't know what was really going on. I think I just remember my dad just not being there one day. And I think that's a big issue. A lot of the time, children are not told what's going on they're pushed out of it there's a lot of self-harm and suicidal behavior with children which quite often the parents don't even notice because they're so wrapped up in, in what's going on and again that was another motivation for me is like it's no it's no point being judgmental about those parents you, you cannot parent properly when you're going through a major probably the worst thing that may have ever happened to you in your life it's like a bereavement uh, and uh, it's worse than a bereavement in many ways because the boat is still alive. And uh, 
and you've got all that going on and you're just not prepared for it you don't have a support system in place it's it's incredibly difficult um and your kids will suffer because you're not able to, to function properly so the first thing is that whole put your own oxygen oxygen mask on you yeah, do yeah. need to sort your own self out so one of the first things to do with people apart from give them key information uh, is to say we'll, we'll talk about in a, in a session about what they need where they can get free information how they can save a lot of money all of that stuff and then i'll go and how are you how are you feeling and i'll be yeah. quiet there's this long silence and quite often they're in a really bad way but they've not been able to even tell anyone quite often so storing the trauma in aren't they and if they don't deal with and especially if they've got anger on top of that they will become ill from it and i'm very blunt with people uh say that's you know that's what will happen so you need what are you going to do about it so most of my role is connecting them with the right people who can help them so I'm not there to be their counsellor, their coach or their divorce lawyer. I'm there to explain all the different ways they, the support network they have. Like they've almost got like a virtual support team out there that they can tap into, have free conversations with, work out what they need, what's right for them and start to take responsibility. And I think that's the key word. You have to take responsibility when you're in an emergency, which is what it is. It's also it can be one that can last a couple of years. And I think there's uh, too many people put their faith in a professional like a lawyer and hand it all over to them. And they are not equipped to help you with anything more than a sort of small amount of legal stuff, really. So they don't know who it is they should be talking to. I mean, we were talking about before about um, when we met about the importance of nutrition. Yeah. So You know, for for me, looking at how, how to feed myself especially when I wasn't hungry uh, and, and, and when you've got three small children and your life's in a whirl, you know, how do you make sure everybody eats properly um, and affordably can't afford to, to go down to the restaurants all the time. Exactly. Uh, the, these are major, major issues and, and healing is very important. So I, I tried out some counseling through the GP because I thought I should. And it was um, to be honest, fair, a complete waste of time in that case. They were very nice, but it, it, it probably just wasn't what I needed at the time. But when I phoned up my homeopath and said, I can't stop crying, she told me, she gave me a remedy and it was brilliant. So you, you discover your own way through this, I call it a voyage. You find your own route through and find what works for you and what helps for you. And it is, it is an opportunity to try out things that you've never tried before. I mean, I totally am a very different person now to what I was. You're amazing. It happened to me. I love the way that you're using your story, you know, in your job to help others. And I'm sure that like when you, your children, going back to the children again, and obviously, you know, you were saying some children are self-harming and stuff when their parents aren't noticing because they're fighting all the time. How did you pick up on things with your own children? What, did you have any issues with your own children? How did you manage it? Did you, were you truthful with them? What, what happened? Well, I, I kind of went, I do tend to go in extremes, I suppose. So I went, uh, I, I remember going to a parenting class in a village and I remember thinking, well, I don't need this. <laughs> just, I'm just going along because I'm fed up with talking about bloody nappies. And well, I my just friends don't have me around for dinner anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to have, yeah, exactly. And, uh, and then it, it turned into a sort of therapy session. I realised that your parenting is completely about how you were parented. 
because I'd never had any, I'd never had counselling or coaching at that time. So I was gobsmacked by this. And, um, and I realised that there's a lot of stuff we don't know. And if you learn it, it's very useful. So <laughs> that, that made me quite keen on the idea of getting support with, with parenting, as well as co-parenting as well. And, and I think what, what happened with my children was interesting because I, part of my journey was I found myself putting on the UK's first ever divorce fairs um as you do and 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 they got a lot of press and media attention and one of the articles for one of the, the newspapers we put together was uh the 10 commandments so i asked my children because by then i'd started dating again i said what are the what are the rules for for parents who are going to start dating again and they're they're pretty harsh actually but but they go through and i initially asked them you know what are the rules and they and they were they were absolutely brilliant and they um they set out the 10 10 rules for for parents so that they this is what you need to know from their perspective and i think funny ones then they were quite funny but it was very sensible things it's it's it it was about um I'll, I'll send you the article rather than remembering wrongly because <laughs> I've blocked it out. Uh, but it was, it, was, uh, it was quite interesting, some of the things they came up with. But what I did find with the kids was the, uh, the best thing for me was that I gave them permission to, to tell me off. So when I fell into bitching about their dad, because it's really, really hard. <clears throat> yeah. We, we're all human. Yeah. They would say mm. to me, don't you talk about our dad like that. And I go, oh, sorry, thank you, thank you for reminding me. And you know, and you need help, you know. And unfortunately, our friends and family will often join in. They won't go, stop it, don't do that. Um, but so at least if my, in fact, my children did it, that was really helpful. So they had full permission to tell me off, because when your children are half you and half the other parent, they know that. You, yeah, you say a yeah. single detrimental thing about the other parent from a hundred miles away they will hear it and you are effectively um attacking them yeah but what do you do if your children start doing the attacking though say like dad wasn't home anymore did you have that going on as well i'm very lucky that in our family we didn't have parental alienation so uh often um and without realizing it parents will bitch about each other but they'll do it to the extent where a child will then not want to see the other parent because they don't want to upset mummy, for yeah. example, or the main carer. I mean, and they're very smart. They try to keep everybody happy. It's hugely stressful on them. Um, mm. There's a, I've got a video of, a, of one of the, I have an alternative divorce directory where I collect professionals. And one of them is Karen Baroon. She's a, uh, a very experienced psychotherapist. And she tells a story in one of the videos about this little boy who was in therapy with her. And his parents were having a divorce and he was just saying, I don't want to live with either of them. I just want to go yeah. live somewhere on my own. He was, he was just so fed up with his parents. And I think oh a, lot of, a lot of children are in that position, but they can't tell the parents because they're vulnerable. They rely on, you know, for food and housing. You know, they're not, you know, we, we, we like to pretend that they're so independent and naughty, but they're not. They try really hard to keep everything peaceful and they often become the peacemakers, which is yeah. not their job, not their job at all. Yeah, and there's often a lot of drama around um around it and you know I hate to say it, but some people do use their children as a tactic to get at each other and that's just not cool um yeah. you know and not to bring my own childhood into it too much but i remember when my parents like fought when i when they were going through it and i clearly remember and i remember it <laughs> mum was like throwing 
my dad's clothes out the window. <laughs> like it was, I haven't forgotten about it. You know, I'm not, I wouldn't say now I am, but I definitely had some stuff to work through. Um, yeah, and what you were, I didn't you were say anything. Cool. I was quite quiet, you know, but I, I was, I just remember watching it happen thinking, what is going on here? Why do they hate each other this much? How'd you get here? But that's your lesson in how to have relationships. We learn from our parents how to have relationships. So if you're teaching mm. them that falling in love and having children is, is this is the outcome, hatred, mm. anger, resentment, that lesson will stay with you for the rest of your life. If you manage, despite the ups and downs, to work out how to co-parent in an intelligent just respectful way really mm. you, don't, you don't have to be friends <laughs> just respectful way that's an amazing thing for your children to experience because yeah. they will go through their whole life with conflicts and they need to learn how to resolve them so you know for me it's as a parent is you you just don't have any choice you have got to learn how to do this and if you got up that morning and you're angry as you're human there are professionals out there who can help you and you need to access that. And whatever your budget, I will find a way that you can do it for free, for a small amount, or if you've got a bit more money, go and have one-to-ones, go and do your Anthony Robbins, whatever it is, but you have a moral duty to make yourself the best person you can possibly be because that's mm. what your kids, you're the role model you to learn from. Yeah. yeah. Are, are you friends with your ex-husband now? friends we put we don't really have anything in common apart from the children but he's right. actually, he's been lovely i mean we've had some very bad times literally i mm. mean there was one point where i was getting on a plane to america with them to see my brother for christmas and frightened mm. that he was going to turn up and trying to grab the kids i mean we've had bad times <sighs> but you know this christmas he organized a, i want for christmas i wanted a new front door so he helped the kids organize that and he's he's Aww. just he has re-earned my respect over the years in a way that i you know a few years ago i would have said was impossible amazing and what about the reaction to um it's just keeping the door open and letting and knowing that everybody you see is Mm. a reflection of yourself so if you just see a wanker (laughs) someone you hate (laughs) then then that person you're seeing that aspect of yourself reflected and i really do believe that if you see the wounded child or the person in them who would love to be good they just don't know how um and you work with that person then you have a very different experience that's not to say you don't have very clear boundaries i think one of the biggest things i learned was how to put boundaries in because i wasn't very good at that and stand up for myself and the more you do that with people the Mm -hmm. safer they feel after they've had a drop and haven't given you any money for six months. But then strangely, they kind of know where they are with you and it helps the relationship. Right. Financial side of it is a tough one, isn't it? For a lot of people. It's not being um, too vulnerable. So at one point when I basically thought I might have to sell the house or I was furious, I wasn't going to do that because he stopped the money. He was very unhappy about a certain incident. And that was his only control, if you like, was the finances. So what I did was I bought a, I'm not recommending this to people. I bought a camper van and a yurt and I took the kids off to France to see if we could find somewhere we could live so I could rent the house out in England and not at least, because that's all I had. I didn't want to lose that. I was so lucky to get it. God bless self-cert mortgages in those days. Um, and luckily things worked out, but I didn't have to do that. But I was prepared to, to do whatever I had to do and never be in a position where I had to totally rely on him anymore financially. 
and I think my advice to anybody in that situation is as soon as you can create some kind of independence worst case scenario you'll feel a lot more confident and then the way you interact with them will be a lot healthier because uh, you sometimes know, you know, yeah. your ex will lose their job you know they may through no fault of their own suddenly they can't pay your bills anymore so whatever you've settled in your divorce settlement doesn't mean anything anymore so you've got to think beyond that and yeah take real control over the finances and yes yeah, certainly the workshop is much more than just about how to sort your finances in divorce it's about how to plan the rest of your life really welcome to one size does not fit all with well life tribe we're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab-and-go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free, and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. What about when they're in a relationship? So the other person, let's talk about the other person. So say like who your husband went off with, you know, People at the time put a lot of emphasis on that, don't they? Um, you know, there's yes. a lot of mudslinging left, right and centre. You know, what would you say about that? How did you manage that? I think quite often people, which often seems funny to me, is that they will, particularly women, will blame her, who he ran off with, but actually it was his decision. It's always mm. that they, they, they prefer to put the blame at just that extra distance away. Uh, and that can be an issue when picking up the kids and refusing to go to that house and having to do it in a gas station on the motorway or something. So it's very important, I believe, to right from the beginning accept that you are going to be part of an extended family. Uh, I was lucky that the person my kids dad originally left for, that only actually probably lasted a few hours, to be honest. <laughs> it didn't oh my work God. out at all. Uh, and then when he was even days, that's just hours. <laughs> it, was, no, it was really short. But then he met. Uh, it was quite farcical, but not fun. And he he then met a, a a lovely girl who he married. They're not together now, but she's still you know connected to the family. So it's we're like the Hotel California. Once you're part of our lead, <laughs> and she was amazed that I was so open to that because her parents had had a very horrible divorce. But for me, it was like, is this person going to harm my children or are they going to improve their lives? And she was definitely a massive improvement to their lives. Um, that it, oh, that's she so nice to hear, you know, because you, you don't hear that. I hardly ever have heard that about people talking, but I think it makes, just to hear you say it makes such a difference. And actually, if somewhere along the line that had happened when I was a child, I think that would have just made it a whole lot smoother. I think it comes down to your own sense of, of self-worth. I mean, mine was absolutely on the floor uh, at the beginning, which is why I was forced to have to learn how to build that back up again, which was a blessing because I'd never done that before, done that kind of self-development work. The more secure you are in yourself, you're not going to worry about, you're just going to, are the kids safe? Brilliant. I've got time to go and do other things. Make friends <laughs> with your with your spouse's new partners, if possible. I mean, sometimes they can be a bit funny and cagey. That's okay, but just do your best because the more you need to work together as a team for those children. Just like any family, you don't always like your brothers and sisters. But, no, you're, but you're a work. blended family at this point, yeah. aren't you? And you've really just you got to learn 
for the sake of everybody in it. Like you say, you have to find your peace, don't you? But your be- the benefits are huge. So, for example, uh, one Christmas I went over because they were in the same street for a while, and I went over to the house and uh, and it was to stay the night on Christmas Eve. We had a meal, and then I left the kids there, and I got to go down the pub and hang out with the. <laughs> with everyone and come back and I thought this is all right I don't mind this <laughs> when it started when it first started when their dad would arrive at the house we did something called nesting I didn't know that's what it was at the time he didn't really have anywhere to take them so I said well you come here and I'll disappear off for the weekend and I really resented it at first because I hadn't chosen this situation I know why should I be away from my children I was really not happy but very quickly I was having such a nice time <laughs> on those weekends (laughs) that I started to think what am I doing this is fantastic it's been so hard being a mother of three small children and now I never had any time off before this is brilliant Mm. and I started to realize that there was some huge benefits as well not everyone has that you know some people have a a, an ex who's a not helpful helpful sometimes there's domestic abuse brings us back around to the situation we're in now people stuck in houses together the domestic yeah. abuse rates going up it's uh, it's quite a dangerous time for a lot lot of people um and especially those who've already decided that their relationship isn't working but they are financially and now due to the virus completely stuck together so uh, a big call out to all, all of those people in that situation they must seek help they must um find their support so locally here we've got uh, the well-being experts and counselors are setting up a helpline and um, that people can call to get yeah. some free counseling and free support and i hope all communities do this because the the mental health aspects of what's happening are going to be absolutely huge. huge yeah so susie if i uh, was struggling and i decided to seek out your help in what ways fundamentally um could you help me free resources are bestwaytodivorce.co.uk so there's mm. free information there um, videos and access to info um, you've got a lovely Facebook group, haven't you? Yeah. So anyone in that okay. Facebook group who tags me in or asks, asks for me, they anyone who comes to there gets a, can have a free divorce navigation call where mm. we I just look at where, where they are, make sure they're not heading towards a Bermuda Triangle or an iceberg, yeah. just make sure they mm. get the information, where to get the free stuff and to kind of tell them what the lawyers don't tell them not because the lawyers are hiding anything. It's just that lawyers do legal stuff and there's hardly any law in family law. For most people, it's finances and children. It's not, it's not a legal journey. It's only a small amount of it that's legal. So yeah, I, I can help anyone through the group if they ask and I'll point them in the right direction. I was just gonna say, if it wasn't for you, if you were thinking of someone else, I'm not. So if anyone's listening, thinking, oh my God, is she talking about me? <laughs> are you talking about me? <laughs> Cat, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> no, um, if you were thinking for someone else, do people ever come on your course because they're worried about somebody else, or would that make sense? Um, actually, uh, funnily enough, uh, there was a divorce fair in London a few weeks ago, and one of the people there, she said, "Oh, it's not me. It's my. It's my mum." You quite oh, do. Oh. And often, when it comes to calls, I have had people who've used the the, the free call to get information mm-hmm. for their mum or for their dad because quite often people when they're going through it they get very stuck and they don't know what to do and they they're not in a good position to help themselves so they do actually rely on friends and family saying right rather than say 
oh this is really good what viola lawyer you can go and see it's gonna yeah. cost 50 grand instead go um you know let, let's just book you a call and i have had people who who've they've booked the call just to get the information uh for mm. that member of the family but it's or, a difficult thing isn't it because it is changing i think they're worried you they're changing not just their lives but their children's lives but actually equally i would say again that living in a house with two people who aren't getting on is just not a very nice house to live in is it it's uh, soul destroying actually i think it's, it's very difficult um and now as, as finances are tight it, a lot of people are forced into those situations and of course it's dreadful for the children to be living in that sort of environment and when when you get abuse on top of it so i do know you know abuse happens both ways often plenty of men who have uh, been in that situation and um, either physical emotional psychological and it is often because they are stuck in that flat or that house with that other person mm. but quite often people make things worse for themselves so they become so fixed on some kind of invisible justice that they want and and i'm going well just cut a deal you know cut a deal <laughs> get out of here and and now that you can't use the court so easily definitely use mediation because you can do online mediation they're, they're not holding virtual courts at the moment so if you want to do this quickly and and effectively understand the differentness and there's more than mediation there's other forms of dispute resolution that most people aren't even aware of and a lot of what i do in the workshops is just make sure people know what they have what i call the peace toolbox they know what's available to them they know how to use it strategically and that they are talking to the right people at the right time and that's kind of the best that we can do really is just to give people the information and encourage them to to go forwards and and make make the right decisions and quite often it's simply to stop worrying about things that are taking them around in circles and to just think actually this is where i want to end up let's just head for that mm -hmm. ego is the problem we all have yeah. our egos and when we are hurt and angry oh my god do our egos expand so we have to for me the biggest learning of all my life's journey is humility and you can just go just put your ego aside for five minutes and think about what does our family need here and what do i need here what do, what's actually going to be good what's going to make me happy what's going to make me smile and when you focus on those things you do have a much better life and things get yeah. done more quickly and and with less fuss i guess it's that thing though some people are there, you know probably listening to this going but I was just, why did he leave me? I did everything for him. Or why did she do it? You know, you, you sit there like, what is it I did wrong? And that's what a lot of people will be questioning. Um, and that's ego too, because yeah. it's all down to me. But in fact, you know, we, we have, uh, there was a really great workshop I went on once with the, with the divorce coach. And she, she said, you go, all these whys, you know, the answer to it is, I don't know. And she just mm. said, remember that phrase. And I've used it often when I, everything's going round in my head and I think I don't know and be okay with that you yeah. can never know what's going on in someone's head they don't know most of the time they have no yeah. idea why they do what they do and and it really doesn't matter why what matters is what you taking responsibility for the rest of your life what do you want to do and for me I think although it's agonizingly painful and horrible to have divorce and family separation at the same time it is a really good wake-up call to step up and decide what you want out of your life because you might as well because everything you thought that you were doing right this sort of safe little world where everything should happen a certain way 
isn't true it's an illusion so you might as well just have a fantastic time and enjoy yourself and do things that are going to benefit you and others and not get worried about whether you're married or how long many years or this sense of failure just get rid of it it doesn't serve you and it certainly doesn't serve your children no exactly i think the other thing i I mean i'm talking on some friends that i have who are divorced and it's a few years down the line but it hasn't seemingly got any better the blame is still coming from the person the other person and actually in terms of children i still see people who are using them as a way to well you chose to do this so i'm not going to pay for x y and z what would you what advice would you give to those people i would say um as delicately as possible to stop and stop making yourself suffer it's, it's a form of emotional self-harming i mean we all know people who treat themselves badly and eat terrible foods and you go well if you didn't do that you probably wouldn't be ill but they carry on anyway the fact is that a lot of us spend a lot of time deliberately harming ourselves and therefore harming others it's just that's just a fact and until we accept that that's not serving us and and make a different choice, which is actually, I quite like to be happy. I mean, often the best thing to say to people is, how's that working out for you? Yeah. And quite often that gets... Letting the bitterness embed you, aren't you? Yeah. How's that working out for you? Are your kids happy with this? It's hard to do without sounding sarky or critical, but in, in all innocence, just to ask that question, how is that working out for you? And some people will go, I want, I'm angry and I want to feel like this. Go, yeah. that's cool that's fine it will make you ill if you keep on though so when you get fed up with that what what's your plan how are you what steps you're going to take and just accept people wherever they are without judgment so i think that is actually the, the key thing is no matter even it's hard when you see the kids suffering but if you can talk to them without judgment and they feel that you'll have a very different conversation if you're like oh you should stop doing that you're hurting the kids you're you're actually not going to do any you make it worse in fact yeah well, that is quite a tough one um so at the moment so i also know people who were just before um we went into lockdown they just that moment decided to break up and then obviously lockdown came and they couldn't leave anywhere and then oh uh, my God. you know like you, you're living in a flat or something and somebody's trying to sleep on a sofa and somebody's trying to sleep with i mean we don't know how long this is going on for Um, it's going to be many months Um, and what interesting one of the people i was talking to the people who were going to be on the workshop because i thought i better call them up make sure they've got zoom and they know how to do it and one lady said uh it's going to be tricky because my my ex is is in the in the house and i said well you're going to shut yourself away in a room and she said yeah but you might overhear so i said well you know get some headphones so he's not listening i said but to be honest pretty much everything in there you'll when you get to the end of the workshop you'll wish he had been on it and you wish he had heard it I'm not suggesting you do it together because I think you want to be honest with yourself. You want to be relaxed. I don't encourage couples to come to the workshops. I say come to separate ones. But I said to her afterwards... Have you ever had couples come though? I've had had people who've who've asked to come and I've said it's much better if you can do a separate one because you need to be there and be really honest and ask questions and not... It's just not fair to the other person. It's not fair to yourself to do that because you've got to remember you're not a couple anymore that relationship is completely changed now so it's and that takes quite a lot, a lot of getting used to so what i said to this lady is that afterwards we will um to record the um the workshop and then it's going to go into my secret divorce group which is a little one it's not on facebook 
and they can get free access for a month and they, anyone who wants to see it. And I said, you can give him the free access and he can go and have a look at it there and, and, and at least he sees it. And I said, I, I reckon you probably want him to do that because you, you get this information, you think, oh, this will be good. And then you've got to try and communicate it to someone where communication is often broken down. So it's quite tricky. But it's the first step is that one person gets the information, one person gets that this is a better way to do things mm. and has the confidence to do that. And if they can hold that space, the other person, even if they're being very, very difficult, will often catch up further down the line. It's just having the support and the courage to, to hold fast and not panic. So quite often in the secret divorce group, I have someone will have a bit of a panic she's done this she said this um and i'll just be able to give a little bit of support bring in some of the coaches to help them and then they go back on the straight and narrow again because you can make a lot of mistakes when your emotions are all over the place and you just need to to hold steady because quite often people will share what their ex has said and i'll look at it and go and i'm seeing something completely different (laughs) to what they're reading and often they just need that little conversation so one thing I've learned with what I've done, it's not enough to just do a workshop or a strategy session and then go off you go. It is to put in this infrastructure of ongoing support that's manageable for me, incredibly low cost for them, but, but just keeps people on track because it is such a difficult journey and it can take, you know, it can take a couple of years or so, depending on, on how, um, how well you start things off at the beginning. Do you um, ever find yourself, Susie, getting, I don't know, I'm quite an emotional person, but um, overly, I cry everything. But do you ever get caught up? I know you're quite spiritual. Do you ever find yourself getting sort of thinking, oh God, this is, this is really sad. This is, do you ever take it away with you? Or do you find it quite easy to uh, detach yourself from other people's sort of woes and sadness? I just try to be present for them when I'm working with them. With often thinking I'm kind of, they're doing the emotions, so I go into my head and do the more strategic stuff. So quite often I'm also standing in the shoes of their ex and telling them, I think this, you know, I'll, uh, I'll, they'll, they'll do a rampage about them and I'll go, yeah. do you think they're afraid? And they'll go, yeah. <laughs> right. It's amazing how they can slip into it. So, but yes, one of the things I do daily i should do twice a day but my my schedule is not very good at that at the moment is a transcendental meditation it's the only yes. meditation I've found where i can actually sit still and i absolutely love it and it's um a brilliant teacher in the village who who, who taught me and that's been a, a essential i do when i i'd like to get back into it buddhist chanting is fantastic we're a great group and that i love that because it's very active um mm going to the gym talking to you you have i think with everything in life you do need to look after your own mental health and for me i probably put more time into that than i do with my physical health because i'm quite lazy (laughs) (laughs) the gym for me is the sauna chatting to people i'm happy so um but it is it is very important to to do that and i find because of the the positioning of what I do so even with the Facebook group it's best way to divorce make peace your weapon of choice there's kind of a a rule that this is not a wind fest so there's a lot of groups online uh, to do with divorce which are quite terrifying I mean they're so full of anger and hatred they're awful the groups aren't awful because they still provide really valuable information but they they can be quite toxic so it took me a long time to create my own Facebook group but I found the people in there have been amazing you just mm. got to give people permission to be their better selves if you mm. like 
So they'll still share quite harsh things that are going on. And some of them are in very difficult situations. They're not all happy, clappy. We're getting on with our ex by any means, but they're able, they're looking for solutions. They're looking for a better way. And they're taking that personal responsibility, which is amazing. I just find it so uplifting how mm. um, amazing people are going from one minute of anger and rage to, oh, okay, well, maybe we can do it this way or I'll try that. And um, because they love their children and they'll, they'll, that's the incentive often is to bring the best out of, of ourselves. I think we're very lucky when we've got children. They, they, they are the making of us. Mm. I think as well, what I was going to say is that um, before you, I mean, if you're thinking about this, but you haven't gone to that sort of divorce line yet, but you know, like that kind of build up of trying to sort of see if you can work things out. Do you talk to people about that as well? Yeah, I quite often say don't, let's not use the D word. Uh, the divorce where because uh, sometimes they 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 don't want to get divorced they, they they just feel forced into that position for whatever reason so what i usually say is are you looking for financial independence and that's 99 percent of the time it's yes because quite often they're frightened about losing their you're tied to someone when you're 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 legally tied to them when you're married to them um if they get into debt if they blow all your savings that you know that's your future financial future down the drain and and people mm. often make the mistake of talking about well we i've got my this money here and he's got his and i go have you got a pre or a post nup and they go no i said there is no his or yours it's everything that's the contract you signed um so that marriage contract does give you some protections, but it also means that ultimately what's his is yours and yours is, is his. So people quite often need to, uh, once the brilliant thing about working with a financial planner, like Henry tonight, we, he's going to be the financial planner on our workshop is he will usually be working with people who are not getting divorced. They are looking forwards in their lives. They're making plans about retirement. So he started working more and more with people through divorce because you, it's the same process. It's just that you are looking at uh, different ways of you having to split things up. It's a bit more complicated, but it's the same process of making sure everybody's okay. The yeah. things are split the most fair way possible. Um, so I do have people, you know, there are people who've come to me who've ended up not getting divorced but they've worked out what they want to do financially. They may have made it legally more binding by having a post-nup, for example. There's lots of choices that people can make, but they have to have, be able to have that conversation. And I think it's so hard to talk about money, especially women. We are told that it is uh, unromantic. Um, and yet, we're pro I worked out once, we're probably about seven times more likely to leave our relationship alive than dead. And yet we have, think nothing of having a will. Mm. So really we should all be uh, able to sit down with someone that we're planning to spend the rest of our lives with and talk about money and yeah. in a structured way and a, and a financial planner helps you to do that if it's difficult discussion and things aren't cool between you whether or not you're getting divorced or that's just how your relationship is yeah. mediators can help have that conversation but it is something we need to have. And that was my biggest learning. It's like if I was to be in a, a long-term relationship with someone where I was putting my money in with theirs, as it were, we were becoming financially dependent in any way on each other. I would um, definitely have a proper financial plan with them and we'd go through everything and we would have some kind of deed of trust or if we were married, a, a pre or post-nup 
just because it's a sensible thing to do and there's just no reason not to really mm. yeah. Susie you've done a TED talk my TEDx the TEDx and so uh, cool did that in December and that was brilliant and so that's my um piece uh, what did I call it now it's the uh, peace delusion in the war of divorce because <laughs> I realized I thought about it thought, and funny enough I'd already signed up and, and applied to do the TEDx before I really was sure what what I was going to talk about I knew it was something to do with divorce, but basically I realized, uh, I asked myself the question, why is it that people struggle with peaceful divorce? Why is there so much? So, you know, if you, if I, if I talk about it, people will go, oh, well, that's all right. If you're friends and people are so negative about it, it's almost mm -hmm. like people are frightened of, of the whole idea that you can actually do this a better way. It's like, it's some kind of judgment on them. It's most peculiar. So there's that I'm failure trying. thing as well though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I realise that a lot of people just how uh, we have very different ideas of what peace actually means because it depends on you know your life, what you've you've experienced as you're growing up. So that's what the talk is about: is looking at what is peace, what does it mean? It's not a fluffy thing. <laughs> it's not a fluffy thing at all. And um, and I think that's what I found most useful about doing the TEDx is it really honed that uh, that idea in me. And um, and I think it's something people need to be aware of. You know, being a crusader for more peaceful ways to communicate is something you should be proud of. And I was very upset uh, a few years ago. I did a, a workshop for some mediators, and I said, you know, you guys are peacemakers. And they were like, oh, I don't know. You know, they wouldn't take it on. They didn't. They were so like brainwashed into thinking that well, it's not really peaceful, is it? And it's and I'm like, no, but you are. <laughs> That's I'm surprised. Doing. So um, yeah. I've found a lot of the time I've I've been talking in one place, and the people who are in the, the professionals rather in the in the industry have been in a very different place. But I'm starting to find that coming together now, and more and more of the. Um, uh, now we've got sponsors for the workshop. Uh, uh, Stowe Family Law. Emma Newman is the the partner there, and she's bringing in Alice Whiteman, who's the um, the mediator. And with them, I can have those kind of conversations now, but uh, it's not always been the case. I think the profession is definitely be, uh, becoming more aspirational, shall we say. In terms of um, now kind of thinking of the people at home right now and any kind of useful tools, what would be your top three things? But the first one is to get yourself in a good place don't make major decisions don't rush off to the rottweiler lawyer that your friend sent you to who will help you get a litigation loan that's going to leave you in debt for years well you are emotionally and psychologically vulnerable and you don't know what you want to achieve so i'd say uh, take some time out get some healing get some counseling get some coaching even better looking forward that personal care is absolutely essential, especially if you're uh, a parent because you've got the mm. kids that need you to stay strong. And you will then make much better and wiser decisions. The second thing I would re recommend is to understand all the different options. So a lot of people don't know what the peaceful options are until quite late on. They go along to what's called a, my a mediation information assessment meeting. They, a lot of water is under the bridge at that point. Sometimes their solicitors have said, um, this doesn't happen at Stowe, but uh, solicitors have said, well, basically go along because mediation doesn't work for you. You're going to go to court. So you just do it as a tick box exercise, which is very sad. Uh, so they're not really listening. So to get that information right at the beginning before things get messy, 
ideally so you know what your options are and what your choices are because a lot of people end up on a court route and then they think that they have to stay there they don't even know that they can choose to say no i don't want to do this anymore and sometimes by holding that space the other person will go neither do i i'm fed up with spending thousands of pounds the judge yeah. isn't interested in what i'm saying so it's just make sure you're clear on the different options that are available which is obviously what the workshops are mainly designed for that's what the divorce um navigation calls that i do for free when they come through groups like yours to make sure they can make proper informed decisions on how to proceed and and the third one is look at your children and if you see see the other parent in them and if you don't like what you see you need to sort that out and you yeah. need to find a way to see the best of that parent who you you know must probably were in love with at one point and that's very hard because when you're in anger and pain you don't want to remember how much you love them it's agony to do that so you do need to get support and again kind of going back to point the first point get the emotional psychological support that you need I think you're amazing because I certainly know when my mum was going through it there wasn't anybody like you around um, so I think, you know, I hope people who are going through something really take on board what you've said, really get in touch. You've got amazing groups. Do you want to tell us again where people can get a hold of you? Uh, Facebook is best way to divorce. And it's got a tagline, make peace your weapon of choice. You'll know you're in the right group. So you can join that. Um, if you're on, um, uh, on the web, you can go to bestwaytodivorce.co.uk and you'll get access to different uh, free resources and information that way. And through your group, your Facebook group, if you tag me in and say hello, then I can send you a link to get a, um, a navigation call and, or, or I'll share it with you guys to put, put in there. So that's, I'm very happy to do that. Well, I wish you lots of luck for um, tonight. I hope you get lots of people come in. And um, shame we didn't get to come along and see you because that was the original plan, wasn't it? <laughs> are you Are you going to come and join in? I'm going to try to. I'm also going to try and finish my homeschooling, which I'm absolutely terrible at. So. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, Susie. I remember in the 90s, Macaulay Culkin divorced his parents. I think my kids might be calling you about divorcing me, if that's still an option. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many stressed mothers there are. Like The pressure that the schools are putting on them. I'll just finish up with a lovely story. Someone I work with, she said to, she was very stressed about all this homework her son's got to do, and he's stressed, and it's just awful and then there was a look at the door and his form teacher came with a bag of groceries and just said oh I just, no yeah she, she nearly she cried <laughs> oh my god so lovely. but i think what she really wanted was them just to say no homework <laughs> yeah yeah i'd do for that take your groceries home <laughs> that's so sweet Susie, you've been amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Yes, thank you, Susie. You're really good. And I'm, I know we'll talk to you again. And I know lots of people, this will be so useful um, to hear all of this. Again, especially at the moment. So thank you so much for today. And I'm wishing you lots of luck for tonight. Thanks so much. Good to see Take you. Care. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.